The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos celebrate the opposite of Halloween? Because October 31st is the only day of the year when the undead spirits don't rise from their graves and disturb armadillo's slumber. Full <laughs> night's sleep is great. <laughs> I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 38 through 41 of The Gathering Storm, book 12 of The Wheel of Time. Good job! I remember the name of the book! And the number! That's so impressive. <laughs> yeah, we're, you know we're only like two episodes away from ending <laughs> I know, right? it. Right? Like, <laughs> and then I just say it five times into the next <laughs> like the guy who only starts writing the correct year on his checks like in November. That's right. I still write 1998 on mine. <laughs> Look, it's better to peak late than not peak at all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Previously, Nynaeve delivers the fruits of her hunt to Dark Rand and, well, it doesn't go very well for the poor kid, but Rand does learn the location of Grendel's secret base. But no time for that now. He's got a hot date with Matt's wife. But the date doesn't go very well. It turns out the empress of an invading nation of slavers is not super into the idea of allying with someone who calls himself the Breaker of Chains. <laughs> Fresh from his failed peace attempt, Rand bail fires Grendel out of the pattern along with, oh, maybe a hundred or so innocent civilians. Now, even men are not okay with that for some reason. <laughs> so they decide to team up with Cad Swain. Two thumbs down. Tuon <laughs> responds to Rand's failed attempt at peace by launching a major aerial assault on the White Tower. I'm sure Elida's going to do just great with that. Meanwhile, Matt plans a daring assault on a poor, unsuspecting village and receives plans for Eludra's dragon cannons. Then he meets up with Viren, who agrees to teleport his army to Camelot in exchange for a totally normal promise to follow some very specific instructions that she won't explain at all. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. That's <laughs> true. If you can't trust Viren, who can you trust? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> As we find out uh, in this set of chapters. Indeed. Yeah, I'm just going to say I'm really excited about these chapters, uh, as I'm sure you all can uh, guess, because, uh, whoa, man, <laughs> I, I really want to discuss these with y'all. Yeah, these are some bangers right here. Uh-huh. Chapter 38. News in Tel Aran Riyadh, Icon of the Ring. So, Swan Sanche tries to convince Egwene to bail before Elida's trial. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think I would have bet on Swan siding with Gawain here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, between the two of them, I don't know, yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, I know it looks bad, though, right? Like, I feel like Egwene's got it under control, though. She... Egwene thinks she does, but Egwene has, like, more confidence than any other person in the world, right? Yeah, and Swan thought she had it under control until she was deposed and stilled. That's right, a good yeah. point. I just feel like if there's a trial, then Egwene needs to testify at that trial, right? Like It's true. I, every I, time I, Egwene talks in front of other Aes Sedai, <laughs> they, 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 they flip, right? It's true, yeah. I just feel like Elida is getting ever so close, you know, to just... Cutting her head off and being done with it. I, I, that that seems like an increasingly because, likely. And job. everybody keeps saying like, "Well, Elida won't do that. That would look really bad for her." But <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't seem to be making decisions based on what uh, normal rational people do. Right. Uh, but uh, Swan also tells Egwene about uh, her boyfriend being back in town, and for some reason, Egwene gets a little excited about it. But I don't. I like at this point. I 
I mean, I get it. He's hot, right? But like, yeah, he's hot. At this point, she's like the Amarlin. She could do a lot better than Gwyn, I think. Than the Crown Prince of Andor. Yeah, or I mean, Crown like Prince, the first sword. What do they call him? Yeah, the 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 something like that. Yeah, I the, mean, I'm sure that. I mean, in his training, he had to learn how to protect the daughter heir and probably also how to like pleasure a lady, right? I do you think so? I, I mean, mean they teach those kids everything, so they'll be ready for any situation. The first sword. I mean, well, the he, sword is his penis, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a diplomat, right? That's part of his job. I guess so. I I, I just feel, I mean, like he's not. I mean, in, and we're in politics. He's not going to be running anything. So I mean, like she should marry a king or or you know something like that. If yeah. she's going to marry anyone at all, she should have like several king concubines. Really, as well, well, but also remember, she's an Aes Sedai, so she's going to live hundreds of years. So she's going to go through several of these dudes. That's Probably. a good point. So Gwyn's a good. Maybe he's like a good starter home. You <laughs> <Right>. know. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but Egwene says no, not having it, and. They're, uh, they're worried about further division among the rebel Aes Sedai, which seems to be occurring between Lelaine and Ramonda, without Egwene to hold them together. Yeah. Um, they discuss men for a while. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I guess. Who cares, right? Yeah. But I, Egwene makes an interesting connection at some point here, though. She's, she's talking about her current situation where she's in this, like, jail cell... Uh, being beaten every day, and she connects that to Rand's experience in the box, and I thought that was interesting because we've talked about them in parallel a few different times. Yeah. And it, and it's funny how even though her situation is similar in terms of like what's happening, it feels like Egwene's actually in control of the situation a lot more than Rand was. Right. I think that this is Egwene having her head up her butt. This oh, really? Like the Egwene that I don't like because this is not like Rand being in the box. Come on. Uh, I mean... You're, you're here by choice and you're making progress and... You have like this noble goal, and you know what's going on around you at all times. I think she, I think she comes to the same conclusion. I think she, she would agree with you that that her situation is not the same because Rand didn't have hope. I think she said something like that. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah. Rand would agree with you. Plus, she gets to escape to tell Rand Riyadh uh, every night. Yeah, every night. Right. She she thinks but, about the fact that her days are like her nights because you know she can't do anything during the day. But. On the other hand, Rand did have a box buddy in there with him. That's true. <laughs> he, always, he had great company. Well, not great company. He had company of, <laughs> of some sort the whole time. Then, uh, yeah, Egwene goes and visits the rebel camp in Teleron Riyadh. Yeah. And, uh, this is sort of, sort of like one of those Robert Jordan like walking through the camp thinking chapters, yeah, except the, she's doing it by traveling through the dreams. Yeah. the dreams. It's kind of yeah, funny. She's considering that if all this doesn't work out, then maybe she'll have to go set up another white tower somewhere else. Uh, and which made me think it's really too bad that the Black Tower is already taken. Right? Yeah, right. Name? Yeah. That, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. That, would, that would nail it. Mm -hmm. She also ends up in a, a camp of travelers and yeah. thinks about Aram. Aram. She's like, oh, I wonder how he's doing. Oh. Yeah, bad news on that score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she did the need thing, right? The like the capital N need traveling and dreams. Yeah. What do I need? And it took, takes her to this tinker camp. Yeah. I which, don't know what that's about, actually. I thought maybe the pattern is saying you need a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take a break, man. Just yeah. like, uh, like chill out a bit. Yeah. You know, the travelers, they've got a really great, like, you know, really great vacation package. You could <laughs> dance and eat, you know, very right, peaceful. Yeah. Big friendly dogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the next, so the yeah. next day, when it's time for her midday beating, uh, <laughs> right. instead, Katarine announces that she's going to be taking over, I guess. Right, yeah. And that's, since Katarine, well, Katarine is going to be the Sylviana. Right. The, the mistress of novices, because Sylviana apparently went and denounced Elida in front of the hall of the tower and everybody. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It, like, so, so Elida, of course, responded very poorly to this. First tried to bust her down to novice, and Sylviana was like, 
no, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. So Elida tries to have her killed. She says, okay, well then I'm going to have you stilled and executed. And she can't do that. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, this is, uh, it's it's interesting because Elida has essentially uh, progressed Egwene's plan for her while she's been in herself. Yeah, and Egwene susses out that this is basically what she's been pushing for. Elida is is falling now. She's losing control because even her own Asha is turning against her. Mm But uh, because it's part of Elida's stupid plan, they're taking Egwene back to her novice quarters because she's going to be a novice again. She gets intercepted by Saren, the brown Aja, uh, who, who clues her into what, what's actually going on for the right. most part. Uh, Saren, do we know her? Because she's really cool. She, I think she's the one... She's brown Aja, right? And I think yeah. she's the sitter who had like the really interesting room, wasn't she? I thought that that was a white Aja, was Pevara and Siane. Is she the one who had the all the plants in her, who had the garden set up? No, her? that was ye- the yellow one. The brown one, was she the one who had all the skeletons? Oh, oh okay. So that's she might have been the one with all the skeletons. But she also has a sweet scar on her face. Yeah. So it makes cool. her even cooler. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, the most badass brown. Right. And no, that's not true. That's Viren. That's true. Yeah, yeah, well, if she's brown. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, she leaves, and the Reds, because of all the chaos, dosed Egwene up with fork root. Oh, wait. First, though, I want to say, so Saren, uh, Egwene gives her orders, and Saren's reaction was amazing to me, because she's like, no, I'm not going to do that, and she's like, Egwene's like, well, do you want to run shit? And she's like, no, I don't. You're right. <laughs> Whatever you say. Good point, boss. Yeah. <laughs> so she just does it. Yeah. So she, they, they dose Egwene up with fork root, and then the reds leave her there to go deal with the, the craziness that's going on. And Egwene goes into her quarters, and surprise, speaking of surprise visits from brown sisters, yeah. Viren is there. Uh, and she immediately, since Egwene is kind of brushing her off, tells a lie. Yeah, lies about the color of Egwene's dress, and Egwene's like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, a, yeah, that's a thing that black Ajas do. Um, and Egwene, and Swan, and Nynaeve, and Elaine. But other than that, black Ajas. <laughs> right, right. Mostly black Ajas. <laughs> Yeah, mostly. Yeah, mostly black eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's something they do. They're always trying to hold themselves to the oaths. Yeah, but they they sometimes they actually have a, lie. Right? Yeah, they, they uh, slip up and they're like, "Oops." Egwene less so than the others, but yeah. Uh, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, like the, the, at this point, I was just like on the edge of my seat. I was like, cannot stop reading. And, yeah. and the, we started with a Matt Viren chapter, and now we've got on a. A Gwen Viren chapter. I mean, like, yeah, this is the Viren payoff. Right, I know. My fan boner can only get so big, guys. <laughs> chapter thirty-nine: A visit from Viren Sedai, icon of the Black Aja. And and we're going immediately jumps to the wrong conclusion, which is that she was never an Aes Sedai in the first place. <laughs> and Viren's like, no, I swore on the oath rod when you were like, <laughs> when I were a twinkle in your grandmother's eye or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, 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 I'm Black Aja, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Egwene does some quick head map and eventually gets there with Viren's help. <laughs> yeah. And... She doesn't have time to waste. She's in a hurry. Yeah, and Egwene uh, freaks out a little bit, right? Because she can't channel right now, and she doesn't have her guards. And uh, her, her, her two main emotions in response to this are fear of the Black Aja that's in the room with her, and also annoyance that the timing is really bad for this. <laughs> like, there's a lot going on right now, you know? A lot of irons in the fire with this whole tower thing right now. Yeah, she, and, she just took the fork route. Mm-hmm. And, and in typical Viren style, she's just like having a quiet chat about it, you know? She's like having, having a sit She's like, yeah. hey, sit down, let's talk about this, yeah, you know? Let's, let's have a discussion. It's, 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 this scene for me was pretty surreal because Egwene is 
in panic mode, like reasoning through what her options are. And Baron's just like having a really casual talk about what she knows about the Forsaken and the right. Yeah, and, and, and Baron does talk some shade about the the Chosen. Yeah, which I thought was very interesting. She makes a really good point about the Chosen, which is she says they are they're not chosen for their skill or power; they're chosen for their selfishness, which explains why they kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like some of them are are very very strong, but not all of them. And you yeah. know, what the the primary defining feature is that they're all really happy to stab someone else in the back. Yeah. So here's the thing that's confusing to me because <clears throat> it seems like so Varen's not evil. Yes, she appears to not be evil. Yeah. Yes, she's a black Aja who's. But she still calls the Forsaken the Chosen, and she calls the Dark One the Great Lord. I imagine I guess she's just a, used to using that lingo. Yeah, maybe it's like the kind of thing where you have to train yourself to do that, or you die. You know, like it's, or or, or maybe it's part of her oaths. Who knows, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or maybe she's just trying to prove a point to Egwene. Yeah, but when she's like, they're chosen for their selfishness. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And she, and, but, but so what Viren says is that she she didn't give details, but she was forced. To either join the Black Aja or or die, and yeah. I think probably because she was investigating them, and uh, and she got too close. I wonder if she. This is at the same time as that event that everyone kind of quietly talks about, where the Amarlin seat was killed by oh, the Black I Aja. I wonder. So I was thinking it was like hundreds of years ago because she's so old. That's a good point. Yeah, it's possible. But she doesn't really say. Either and way, she one of her oaths is that she can't reveal anything about what's going on until the hour of her death, and she's like. <laughs> Well, yeah. I took poison, so here we are. Yeah, loophole, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah, she just drank some poison, so she's going to die soon. And But so this whole time, she's taking the opportunity to study the Black Aja. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I, I, I love this, right? Like, yeah. this is this makes me like Viren even more, that she's been spending the last, you know, however long, 100 years, writing a book about, like, the Black Aja, writing a book about, like, the Forsaken, and... Like what they want, what they everything she's learned. This is really good investigative journalism. Yeah, I know. Uh, and her even her warder was in on it, although he was a dark friend who wanted to stop being a dark friend, mm-hmm. but you can't. Yeah. Uh, I thought Thomas. this. I thought this loophole thing is pretty silly. I thought it was very silly. Yeah, yeah like the hour of your death. To me, that clearly means one thing, right? Which is means like when you die. Yeah. But Viren is like choosing it to mean. This one specific thing that allows her to break the oath. I mean, surely the Dark One thought of this, right? I, well, that she even says, like, I, I assume at some point they're going to close this loophole. If they, if he knew about it, they would have closed it already. I, I, uh, I wonder if this is the kind of thing where, as some of the Ice Sky figured out, you can get around things by believing a certain thing or by mm-hmm. no believing a certain thing to be true. Or and she also said that. The Forsaken are chosen because of their selfishness, so there's no way that any of the Forsaken would ever do something selfless, like kill themselves in order to reveal information. That is a really good point, yeah. Maybe maybe it has, up until this point, nobody has been recruited who would possibly do something like that to, uh, to help yeah, other people. In all these thousands of years, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, mm-hmm. well... Uh, I, I mean, I, I think maybe the Dark One left that loophole there on purpose for his dark purposes or whatever. Yeah. I'm Maybe. starting to develop this theory that the dark one and the creator are the same thing. Ah, like the two sides of the same thing. Right, yeah. And this is just and that's why he does stuff like this. It mm. does stuff like this. Mm. All right. That's a weak theory. That's yeah. my theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but then basically Viren gives Egwene the Panama papers of the black Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it'll go out be- go better for uh Egwene in, than it did. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and so she's written a book. 
with yeah. all the names of all the Black Asha sisters she knows about and all the things that they've done. And it has an index. It's a really like handy reference guide. Yeah, it's great. This is a, this is, this is a really useful, uh, a useful tool to hand over to, to Gwen. Right. And yeah. then she dies. Yeah, she may say she's black, but she's brown to the core. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, even as a Black Aja, she is the coolest damn I said I. I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, this scene choked me up a little bit, because I like, like, I really like Varen, and this this just made me feel really good about her. Yep. And uh, Egwene tells her that, you know, her soul, her, she's not black, she can see her soul, it's white. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, we mean brown. I, mean, I, think, I, I kept thinking like, so Viren died rolling her eyes because she's like, "There's a white Asha." Like that doesn't. <laughs> is that what you're saying? That doesn't make sense. The stupid thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but fine, it's fine. I, I, you're trying to be nice. I get it. It's fine. Right, and then the, then the red Asha minder who's come back pops her head in to check what's going on. Viren has to do some. Uh, it's like a whole weekend at Bernie's thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She puts her hand behind Viren's head and makes her nod. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's fine. She's just sleeping in, in my bed. <laughs> you know how the brown Aja are. Always <laughs> sleeping in other people's beds. And uh, then she starts reading the book. She goes straight to the list of black Ajas and she sees like over 200 names. Yes. That is a lot. That's that's like more than half of all the Aes Sedai, right? No, we've, we've, we've determined that there's more than... Uh, Oh, I'm trying to think. I, guess I, I think there's like in the like neighborhood of 400 in the tower and of 400 in the rebels. So I think it's like close, maybe close to a thousand. Oh, so, yeah, I but seen, still, yeah. but that's still, a, that's like 20. Yeah. That's incredible. Man, but they could, of course, they run this place. They, they, they're probably more of them than there are any one Asha. On the, well, it, it, it's possible that all the ones on the list are still alive. You know, it's not like she's oh. like an eraser. So maybe yeah, some no, of them are dead. Yeah, yeah. But still, that's a lot. That's a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. And she lists some of the names. I don't think there's anyone on this list that we don't know about already, right? Like none of the names were surprised us. Yeah. Had... Well, uh, Moria, I think, is a new one. Oh um, yeah, she's, she's one of those. She's one of the rebel Isidais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Katarine. I don't think we knew she was a red Aja. No, I think we knew about her because of the um, when Egwene first gets captured, she's she's doing something sketchy, trying to take her. To the side, and there's like a thing, I think. Oh, right, yeah. I think, but... Uh, and Alviarin, who it's, it surprised me that Egwene didn't know she was black. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody's figured this out yet, because she was like really obvious. Right. Yeah, whenever I think of Alviarin, I think of the queen from um, Sleeping Beauty. And not Elida, unfortunately. Not yeah. Elida, and unfortunately not Romand or Lelaine. She's like legit disappointed about this. Yeah, then, that yeah, was that a problem. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because Elida has a, a note next to her name. She's like, I really looked into this because I thought she was for sure a black Aja, but <laughs> yeah. no, she's just an idiot. It turns out Super she's, she sucks too much for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is really, really useful information for Egwene. Uh, so I'm really excited to like what she's going to do with this, essentially. Yeah. It eventually, uh, Maidani shows up with some news. Uh, Elida is still in power, but has been censured. Uh, and Sylviana's status is kind of in, in doubt, but she's not going to be beheaded, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Egwene tells the Black Aja hunters to get Alviarin and also take care of this body. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it's funny because Maidani's like, seriously? I mean, what am I supposed to do? And she's like, not my problem. <laughs> well, we forgot one thing, though. Varen gets a message through Nicola. Oh, oh, it's actually, well, Egwene gets it through Nicola in Varen's soup, which I yeah. thought was pretty funny. From uh, Laris, the mistress of kitchens. Yeah, it just says to wait, right? Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. I, I thought think... that was just Egwene, wait in your room. We're, we're dealing with the fallout right now. Yeah, I okay. think that my understanding was was like 
that that was her way of saying shit's going down. You're safe. You're you're best off right where you are right now. Okay. You know? okay. Yeah. But yeah, but we're looking out for you. Yeah. Oh, also because Laros because is... we know what happens when Egwene doesn't wait. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, Laris is also not a black Aja, according to or uh, dark Gary. friend. But yeah. 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 Right. Dark friend. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, that's that's really good news, and we don't know what's going up with her. I mean. She isn't a dark friend. She does do a little bit of human trafficking on the side. I think she just helps. I think she just helps uh, novices. I think she, if anything, she's connected to the circle. I think she feeds oh, people you know, out of the White sense. Tower into yeah. uh, the circle. Right, that makes sense. That would be my guess. Um, and so then Egwene goes into Teleron Riyadh to warn Swan Sanche of Sherim and Moria uh, when she is interrupted, pulled out of the dream. Mm-hmm. And something's going down. The tower is under attack. By Shan Chen, it's happening. Oh shit! Yeah, this is this is. I I, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. It just this surprised me at how fast it happened. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. right? I love how this how Egwene, even Egwene, is like all this stuff is happening at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, as far as Elida goes at this point, like even before the Shan Chen attack, attack, it's in a weird in a weird place. It's it's like. Elida no longer has power, but the Hall doesn't know what to do with her because they're just like right. Like, she's clearly crazy, right? Like she, yeah. this is not going to work. But they also don't want to depose her, partially because Egwene told Saren not to mess with the Red Aja, not to crush the Red Aja, essentially, right? Right. Yeah. But it's it's a weird situation. And, uh, yeah, and then Egwene was like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind Elida being deposed. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, maybe I should have been more uh, expressed my yeah. orders, but you know. So, chapter 40, the tower shakes. I kind of the Shan Chan, of course. <clears throat> so, Swan and Gareth Brine uh, wake up, uh, get their waken up by Swan's panic from her news in the dream, and, and Gareth Brine also gets a, a message. Uh, not before Swan gets a good look at Gareth Brine's muscled body. Oh, yeah, she's like, damn, he looks pretty hot for his age, you know? Yeah. And he sleeps with his sword. <laughs> <laughs> Always ready to go. Keeps it together. <laughs> Thanks for the report, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there's trouble at the White Tower. They don't know what's going on, but uh, Sean, Swan quickly figures out it's the Sean Chan. Yeah. And uh, Gareth Bryan is like, filed under, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, sounds like uh, this rebellion's going a whole lot better than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Swan decides they have to rescue Egwene, which Gareth Bryan does not like because they have both sworn, o- sworn oaths not to do that. Yeah. But uh, Swan's like, yeah, you know, I yeah. break ghosts all the time, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it's kinda, that's a big deal in their relationship, particularly, right? The, yeah. The keeping of oaths. I mean, yeah, this is one of those things where it's like Swan is trying to be helpful, but I I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I think that she's making a bad decision here, especially since she's siding with Gawain. And anytime you're siding with Gawain, you should really second guess <laughs> what you're about to do. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so Swan knows exactly the person who will help her. Yeah, fucking go in. Yeah. Then we cut to Egwene, who is having a bit of a terror attack, but she controls it with her iron will. Yeah, like, this is, under, like, to me, this is really understandable. Like, after she, after being a Shan Chan prisoner, this is this is a pretty realistic trauma reaction. She just, like, has this kind of right. PTSD she, reaction. She knows what's going on, and she knows what's, what's going to happen to all the people that, that are victims of this. Uh, but she gets it together. Because this is and, no book three Egwene, you know, fresh from two rivers. This is rebel Amerlin Egwene who takes beatings for fun just starting off, just to start her day off right, you know? Yeah. So yeah. She's done fucking around. Yeah, and uh, she sees the, this, this whole raid scene is pretty horrific because they can see the, the raiders grabbing, screaming women off the roof of the tower and, and dragging them away and flying them away. Mm-hmm. And she sees what's going on, and Egwene can barely channel it all because of the fork root tea. 
Um, but she does find Nicola, who has some other novices with her. Yeah, finds a room full of novices and teaches them how to link. Which... Yeah. Uh, did I say novices? I meant magic batteries. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just a room full of magic batteries. And Egwene suddenly says, like, oh, this solves all my problems right here. Yeah, quick lesson. <laughs> teaches them all to link. And then she travels down to the basement to get the most powerful song girl she can. <laughs> Did we know about this? I don't think so. I think this is her, her knowledge that Swan has given her as, as Amarlin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't know if it explicitly said that. We knew about this storeroom, but but Egwene specifically knows of, of the best song girl that right. the tower has because of Swan. Yeah, and, and she opens the gateway and they're like, are you escaping? And she's like, fuck no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I will be back. Yeah, and she comes back. Linked up with them, with the power of Solgrail, ready to rock. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, Sean Chan so, fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so into this. So we cut to Sean Sanche, who gets Gwyn to help, because, of course, like, like finally, we found something that Gwyn is good for. Suicidal rescue missions. Yeah, like, like he doesn't, it's like, she's like, we're going to go rescue Gwyn. He's like, let me put some pants on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, go time. time to put my pants on, or should we just go, <laughs> you know, double sorting it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, but Gareth Bryan is with them, and he finally agrees to come help under two conditions. One of which is that Swan bond him Aww. as a warder right now. I thought this was actually pretty sweet, you know, and like it was actually, and they could immediately feel their own love for each other. Well, which, it's oh. funny because they're rea- like Swan's like, I can feel his love for me. Gareth Bryan's like, I feel like a badass. Cool. <laughs> no wonder warders are so cool. <laughs> That's pretty. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's a soldier. What do you expect, right? right? But they, it is sweet. They have a love connection. Yes. And the um, second condition is TBD, TBD. mysterious. Yeah. Well, the third condition is she needs a horse. Uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, they have to have a horse. And they need one more vital component, a, res- a member of this rescue mission. <laughs> yeah. The final me- member of their party, Bella. That's right. Alert Bella Watch. Yeah. We have a Bella Hashtag sighting. Bella Watch is over. <laughs> so on Reddit, they were doing a thing, what's your favorite horse in Wheel of Time? Mm-hmm. Guess what they called it? Uh, who's the Bella of them all? The Bella, the Bella of the ball? Oh, that's good. No, <laughs> nay, bliss. <laughs> <laughs> that's solid. Wait, that's gonna be good. There's a discussion about it because Bella is obviously the yeah, winner, who else right? Would like, it be fucking lioness. Yeah, this 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 ran stupid horse. Mandar. Mandar's all right, it's I guess. Right. Maybe yeah. maybe a second place, yeah. distant second place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was this whole time I was kind of thinking like, you know, I like Gareth Bryan, but he's not. He's not the guy you take on the desperate rescue mission, right? Yeah, he's technician. Well, Until this whole ending where he's like, okay, I'll come with you. And let me bring my 100 soldiers with me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. There, there you and, go. And, yeah. and he's also got a Heron Mark blade. He's also a blade master. I kind of forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. I guess it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he's 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 pretty clutched to the team. And, and Swan has noted that he keeps it tight. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Looks real good in those pants. Uh, I, I have to say, so when they're talking about the, the condition too, which is mysterious. Swan's like, it better not be a sex thing. But I kind of hope it's actually a sex thing. <laughs> and, but knowing Gareth Bryan, it's probably like something boring, like they have to get married so he can do the sex thing or something. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I know you want the sex thing. Yeah. I can sense it now. <laughs> That's right. She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is good. This is good for these people that don't tell each other how they're feeling. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super into this. Right. And then we cut to uh, Adelorna Sedai of the Green Aja, who is fleeing through the tower because she's the only survivor of her group of people. Yeah, the Shanchen are really, they're they're winning here. It turns out that this thing where for years you're not allowed to use the one power as a weapon puts you at a distinct disadvantage when you're in a situation where you use one power as a weapon. And she's about to be captured, almost captured. In fact, the the collar is around her neck. She was captured. Yeah, Yeah. she is captured. Yeah, when... 
Egwene shows up and fries everybody. Oh, yeah. It's just like flames and lightning and oh. Yeah, Egwene is like supercharged, super powered. She undoes all the collars immediately to turn off all the channelers and then just burns all the soul damn to a crisp. Oh, it's oh, so good. So cool. And all the soldiers just run away. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my problem. Below my, or above my pay grade. Right. I'm out. Uh, and then Egwene walks to the window and starts fragging some of the, the toe rocking, the flyers. And Adelorn is like, but there's captives on there. And Egwene's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dimes way better than what they're about to experience. Absolutely. Yeah. It, she, she says. It's she funny because Delorna's like, um, well, now there's an ice die in charge. And Egwene's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just like recruits her by pure force of will. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is super awesome. Yeah. What this Egwene is, is doing. Like, if you think of, like, like, I was thinking about in this particular moment, I was thinking about how essentially the last 11 books have been preparing Egwene for exactly this, right? Like, even her time as a Shan Chen, uh, you know, captive made her a weapon, right? She so, knows how they work. It, yeah. it's specifically the capturing parties, the 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 Suldong. Yeah. Yeah. She knows how to release them. She like she is. And they taught her all the best killing spells. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. She's she's so well equipped for this. Every yeah. single experience she's had has brought her to now. Yeah. Right. I uh, I know we're not to the end yet, but so far Egwene's arc is one of my favorite, and I think that. Weirdly enough, that might be a controversial opinion. I feel like a lot of people don't like Egwene on the internet, and I don't entirely understand why. I know she's a bit of a jerk sometimes. But well, this, I mean, this, it's the thing I said when the, she first entered the tower again, is that I kind of hate Egwene, but I like seeing her happen to other people. Yeah. <laughs> specifically to people I don't like. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah, and so it's awesome. Yeah, and Egwene is continuing to organize the resistance, and uh, everybody's working for her now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she puts Adelorna to work uh, getting more Angoral to hook everyone up. So, yeah. yeah. So, chapter 41 A Fount of Power, Icon of the Bull of Gareth Bryan. So, Egwene is boating into Tarvalon with the team. Yeah, they have their small force of a hundred of. Gareth Bryan's best soldiers. Yeah. Just a tiny army. Hardly worth mentioning, right? Yeah, they, they go in through the Watergate, that secret path they, that they found. Gwyn, Gwyn found that. He did a thing. Yeah, good job, Wait, Gwyn. Gwyn did? Because he found that shimmer. Oh, found okay, that okay. Yeah. He found the Aes Sedai that found the, the... I mean, anybody could have found her, but he did. Yeah, that's, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so that's, that's in Gwyn's favor. We're going to be totally fair to Gwyn. That's his one contribution, to, one positive contribution of the entire series. Thanks, Gwyn. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's... I. Like I said, this is this is what Gawain is good for. This kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, Gareth Bryan just so happens to have some fake uh, uniforms of the Tarvalon. <laughs> I um, know. They're, I mean, they're not very good disguises, but hey, you know, better than nothing. Yeah. Right? And Swan's like, "What? What do you have those?" And he's like, uh, "You know, <laughs> stuff like this." Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at it. This is what we're doing right now. This is why I had it. You're right. And so they're able to pass as uh, Tarvalon guards. And uh, they make it to the gate because everything's in chaos. And they decide they're, they decide they're going to go looking for Egwene in the basement. Yeah, this, this, things are looking pretty bad from their side, right? Yeah, because like, there's like holes being blasted in the tower. And this, 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 like the sky is full of flame and smoke. And there's these flying things around. And they, they've had to fight a whole bunch of, uh, of Shan Chan. Yeah. And uh, it, it looks like a apocalyptic. So then we cut to Saren Sedai, who is that person who I didn't remember before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a scar on her face, so that makes her good at organizing battles. Yeah, she's battle scarred, yeah, probably, so, I assume. I yeah. don't know. So there's basically two uh, focuses of resistance. One is Egwene, and the other one is everybody else. Uh, and she's in the basement, and she's organizing it. She's a brown, but like nobody else is doing the, doing the thing. Yeah, it's not clear if they're actually accomplishing very much yet, but I guess at the yeah. very least she's trying to 
I, assemble the different groups, right? Yeah, I think they're not very effective because, as she says, all the Ajas are fighting separately. So she's trying to get them organized. Yeah, and she's trying to find Elida to help get him organized, but can't find her. Yep. And uh, everything is chaos. I think the Black Aja's mission of dividing the White Tower was extremely successful. Yeah. Although, I, it's unclear if they knew that Sean... I guess they didn't know that Sean Chen were coming. This is probably not according to the Black Aja's plan. Yeah, I, I guess not. Because some of them get, you know, taken away, I'm sure, which yeah. is not what they want. And as far as we can tell, Tuan made this decision just because of her interaction with Rand with no right. influence from any other dark friends. Right. Yeah, I think this is a legit, a uh, clean attack. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then they, they notice, like, you know, we're doing a bunch of, we're doing our best here, but something crazy is going up, up halfway up the tower. Uh, I wonder what's going on, like, what could be going on up there? There's like, the novice quarters is up there. It's like, oh. Big <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> way. Yeah. It's funny because uh, Katarina actually shows up at this point uh, trying to kind of push people around, but Saren's like, no, shut the fuck up. I don't know why Katarina thought that she would be able to take control of the situation. I think she's just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, might just be a... Yeah, maybe she's high up in the Black Aja or something. She's both Red Aja and Black Aja, so she double sucks. Yeah. So then we cut back to Igwein, uh, who is standing in the blasted hole of the tower, <laughs> performing artillery from her hands and taking out the, the, the flying forces of Shan Shan oh. like a goddess of death. I oh. can't wait to see this on the screen. I know, oh, yeah. this is so fucking amazing. She's just like crush, single-handedly crushing the invasion. She's just like standing there... Blasting him out of the air. Oh, so good. Yeah. And the they, the, the Shan Chan keep trying to shield her, but they can't because she's too strong. And every time they do that, she just fries them because she's so good and so fast. Yeah. And it's it is bloody. And she, I think she, she thinks she's trying to do this. I think she succeeded is she's going to make, make sure to kill as many more of them than they are able to catch her. So that this is not a positive trade for them in terms of, of slave Chandlers. Yeah, I, I mean, I think someone up until this point had made the point, or maybe it's a little bit later, that uh, up until this was happening, the Shan Chen weren't in a hurry because, like, they did, they expected to meet more resistance than they did, right? And so they were just taking their time. So Egwene is making it, making them yeah. hurt, absolutely making them pay. Yeah, and that's that's it's really awesome. Oh, so good. And then we cut back to G uh, Gareth Bryan and Gwyn, and their hundred dudes are fighting some Shan Shan that they met. Uh, Gwyn is putting on a clinic. Oh, he's, yeah. he's killing two guys at once. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. I mean, this, this is good, right? He's, 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 he's pretty good with the sword, I guess. You, you want this guy here. Yeah. You no, know? you're right. You're right. I, I mean, I still hate him, but yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's useful in specific situations. They see Egwene up in the tower. They're like, I don't know what's going on up there, but yeah. there's someone who's literally glowing and blasting people out of the air. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's pretty sick right there. We better go find Egwene. <laughs> and they get some info from a novice about what's going on, but then blood knife attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait. I mean, considering how much they talk this up, this is kind of anticlimactic, actually, right? Yeah. Brian is just like, it's eh, dead. Right. Yeah, Gareth Brian. Well, I use that one move where you kill somebody by taking your sword out of the scabbard. Yeah. And, uh, and so Gareth Bryan gets him uh, but, and saves Swan Sanche, but then Swan Sanche saves Gareth Bryan because the blood knife had managed to stick him with a poison needle. Yeah, so blood knives, they die pretty fast, but they carry poison thumbtacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this should be called blood tacks. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, Swan does actually heal it pretty easily, so even the poison's not that big a deal, right? Well, so yeah. Like, that, that yeah. They're not used to going up against uh, free channelers, so... Yeah. I mean, I thought this blood knife did pretty. This blood knife did better than all the hundred other dudes there was there, right? I mean, did he? I mean, he died pretty fast. He didn't actually hurt anyone, right? 
He almost hurt. Okay, you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Look, if Swan hadn't been there, it would have been really bad. Blood knives. Okay, you got five blood knives. One of them's gonna have to be the bad blood knife. Right? <laughs> the worst one. The, the, worst the worst blood, blood knife. knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah. this uh, Swan points out that this was men's viewing. Is that they had to stick close to each other, or they would both die. Oh, it's Which I find to be a little BSE because if they hadn't stick close to each other, none of them would be here. That's a good point. Yeah, it's one of those like matrix, like would you have broken the vase if I hadn't said anything kind of situations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a novice here who uh, lets them know that Egwene's actually up in the tower. And it's really cute because she's like, I no, I want to go with you. They're like, why? She's like, I support the Armalin, the real Armalin, you know, Egwene. <laughs> it's like, oh, the novice is oh, her. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we cut back to Egwene, who has completely expended herself in her uh, fury of vengeance and death on the Shan Shan and kind of falls asleep. Yeah, I mean, like, she drove back the Shan Shan invasion kind of by herself. Yeah, almost single-handedly. Yeah. Well, all those people that she linked. Not all the batteries, right. Yeah. <laughs> they were probably all sleeping already. Yeah. I think she sent him back to the novice quarters to nap. Yeah. Um, and so she, you know, puts her head down just for a second um, and then go in and Gareth Bryan and Swan find her and pick her up and carry her half conscious out of the tower. And as usual, Gawain takes exactly the wrong conclusion. <sighs> I was so, oh, this made me so mad. Because like, Gawain is kind of thinking half groggily, no, 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 this is the time for me to be here, to pick up the pieces. <sighs> this, is, this is why Gawain is the worst, right here. Right. Like, oh, man. This is the, she... She's like just won this battle for them, and this is like the best time to be in the yeah, tower. This right is now. the time. She's the rescuer. She she has demonstrated her worth in every possible way at this moment. Yep. But yeah. I, I think it's not too bad because I think now like they don't have Elida, they're they'll be able to just march right back in. I hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Egwene will be able to turn it around. But uh, and I'm, now that I'm Egwene, afraid Gwen's going to be like, well, you can't leave now, or you know, some stupid. You know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, then we cut back to Saren, who is uh, running the White Tower. Uh, cleanup duty uh, and we also get a quick check in with Elida who finds herself strapped to the back of a tow rockin' with a domine collar around her neck I mean we all saw this coming right like yeah. I mean I'm not okay with it but I'm also glad it happened to her instead of someone else I guess I don't know I'm, yeah I'm glad she's gone yeah yeah uh, but I, I still don't like that way of dealing with difficult women. Yeah, nope. But it's so yeah. it's just, she number four of the the shitty I said I who end up enslaved. Uh, let's see. The, well, the, are you counting Savannah? Uh, no, I, I guess Gal Galena was enslaved by the Aiel. Savannah was enslaved by the Shanchan, not as a domine. Elida has now been enslaved as a domine. I thought, I thought there was one more Black Aja who. Oh, it was Leandrin. The, Leandrin, yeah. Yeah. Who ended up... Uh... So that's a theme. Yeah, it's a theme. Yeah. Anyway, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Pretty I, bonkers. These were uh, very good. They're, they're a lot of fun. These chapters were great, yeah. and uh, I enjoyed reading them very much. This was one of those times in the series when, you know, we, we have our, our timing or whatever, and I try and kind of space my reading out over the week, and I was, like, having a lot of trouble spacing it out because <laughs> I, I couldn't put it down, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was epic. Really good. Lots of fun. Okay. And this is, I mean, I still think there's a, too much of uh, Egwene, the annoying one, in the first few books. Yeah. But this is a hell of a payoff. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, I mean, I, you remember, I did not like Egwene in the beginning. Okay. So we have a question from Sebastian who wanted to know, what do you think will the tr be the trickiest part to adapt from the books? I'm assuming he means into the TV series. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, 
That's interesting. Like, uh, the channeling is tricky because they talk so much about seeing the weaves and how how what you see represents kind of what's happening, uh, but not everyone can see them. I, I'm, I'm curious how they're going to handle that in the show. I, I don't not that it's necessarily difficult to do, but I'm curious how they're going to do it. Um, that'd be something that the one power and like its use, I think, will be really interesting to see. Yeah, um, I think it might be the Ogier because they are non-human, mm-hmm. right? And they're they're very non-human, right? They're gigantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might just size them down a little bit, hire a tall actor. Um, that and maybe any of the flashbacks to the Age of Legends where you see epic stuff flying around. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to make that look, I don't know, like it is in my head. Right? Yeah, that's that's always the tricky part, right? Like, like high-tech but magitech, so not a... Uh, not like the real world. Is there a name for fantasy sci-fi? Is there a special name for it? Not really. Sci-fantasy. Yeah. Sci-fantasy. Yeah, I, I guess they have some time to figure it out because there aren't, there aren't many flashbacks to the Age of Legends until they get to uh, the the Waste, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see how they portray the Aeol as a whole as opposed to just the individuals. Mm, but like they're their culture yeah what and what it just looks like a bunch of them together what are they going to make the camps look like and how are they going to show them interacting with each other because it is so distinctive for sure i i I think that uh one of the tricky parts about these books is that a lot a lot of the stuff happens inside the head of characters right like Mm -hmm. we we have huge groups of chapters that we you know we talked about the thinking and walking chapters right yeah there's exposition or information where characters just walking through a camp and i uh, it's hard to do something like that without it being kind of dumb where there's just a character who's like talking to someone else and saying things that we need to know but nobody else cares about, right? Yeah, how are they going to do Rand and Luce Theron? Rand and Luce Theron is a great example. Like all of that stuff happens in Rand's head. Mm-hmm. Is he just going to be hearing... Is it just going to be like voiceover or like carrying, walking around with him? I don't know, so yeah. If I was doing it, I would have the lose there an actor just be there standing in the world, but only Rand can see him. You know? Oh, that'd be actually kind of interesting where it's just like like a, a corpse or, you know, like a, a zombie version of some random person just like talking to him and he like talks back to them and everyone looks at him like he's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that'd be interesting, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I think that, that's an interesting question. And I know that we're all pretty excited about the series. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be good, but either way, we're going to... Uh, definitely gonna watch it and yeah, probably enjoy it. We'll probably talk about it too. But yeah, we'll we'll do something. Yeah, I think it's gonna suck because everything sucks. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great because everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for the question. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're gonna cover chapters forty-two through forty-six of the Gathering Storm. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bannock Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Starkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And we might answer it on air. Uh, please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check us out at armadillo.club to find out how you can give us your hard-earned dollars. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the, the light, light illumine you. you.